Sheba was south and west of Israel. Its people, the Sabaeans, were traders. When people show up in the Bible coming from Sheba, their wealth in gold and spices and precious stones is almost always mentioned. We wouldn't expect anything different from the queen of Sheba, would we? She showed up to visit King Solomon. News of Solomon's vast wealth and deep wisdom had reached her down in Sheba, and she got curious and decided to investigate. She rode into Jerusalem in a huge caravan. Camels brought spices and gold and precious stones. She doesn't seem to have had any problem getting an audience with King Solomon. She just wanted to talk. She had questions. We don't know what they were, but they were meant to test Solomon's wisdom. And we're told Solomon talked with her about all that she had on her mind, and Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for the king to explain to her. In that, she saw his wisdom, and she saw the splendor of the palace he had built. She saw Israel's wealth on display in the food on the table, the clothes on the officials and servants, and in the offerings that were being made at the magnificent temple of the Lord. And she was overwhelmed. It all took her breath away. And I'm going to tell you what the Queen of Sheba said in response to it all. But first, I want to tell you about something my wife said once. Not long ago, we stumbled into a community of people who are, oh, let's just say that they are closer socioeconomically to Solomon and the Queen of Sheba than to a Lutheran pastor and his wife. They are the nicest people. They welcomed us with open arms. They are, for the most part, not Christians. And once, after leaving a social event with that community, my wife remarked, you know, if you compare what they have with what we have, as far as earthly possessions go, they would have no reason to ever guess that we have anything that they need. It's depressing because it's true. If you measure success in dollars and possessions, then Christianity has not made us very successful. How about you? And if we don't seem outwardly successful, can we really expect people to notice us? Can we expect them to want what we have? Can we expect them to approach us and say, hey, sorry, but I see your life and I mean wow, you must be doing something right. You've got it all together. And I was just wondering, what's your secret? How do you do it? How do I get what you have? Rich people must get asked that kind of thing all the time. I mean, I figure because I always want to ask them that, But there's another side to what my wife noticed. There's a more positive way to look at it than how I did at first. Maybe we can't show people with our money or our stuff that we as Christians have something they need. But that just means we have to show them with the thing itself. The thing we have that they need is heavenly wisdom. It's eternal riches. It's faith and all of the promises of God that faith believes. 
Of course, we're not going to convince anyone to become Christians with our wealth. It would be silly to try. Instead, we're going to convince them of the value of our faith by living our faith and sharing it answering questions with God's answers, or with a godly, I don't know the answer to that, but I know who does. I know where to find the answers. I know whom to ask for what we need. I know in whom to trust for everything in this life and the life to come. We can put our spiritual wealth on display and see who notices. Oh yeah, what did the Queen of Sheba say about Solomon's wealth and wisdom? She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your achievements and your wisdom is true, but I did not believe these things until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, not even half was told me. In wisdom and wealth, you have far exceeded the report I heard. How happy your people must be. How happy your officials who continually stand before you and hear your wisdom. Praise be to the Lord, your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel. He has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. In Jesus, you are rich. By faith, you are wise. And if you put your spiritual riches and your heavenly wisdom on display, people will notice. They'll see what you have and want it for themselves. And they may even ask how to get it. And when you tell them, they may get to praise God for His eternal love, because they saw that love on display in you. You and I are dust and breath loved by God, bought by Jesus. This podcast is written and produced by me, Ethan Cherney, a Wells pastor serving our Savior Lutheran Church in Pomona, California. Get in touch on Facebook at Dust and Breath Pod, on Twitter at Dust Breath Pod, or by emailing dustandbreathpod at gmail.com. Outro music arranged and performed by Mr. Peter Shawey, who is like a calf, like a young wild ox. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you could leave a review in iTunes or just share an episode on social media, I'd really appreciate it. It's the only way other people can find the show. Now, go do what God made you to do. Be who God called you to be. Go see what God can do with dust and breath and faith in Jesus, his son.